You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Okay, welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors, everyone. This is Rochelle Vanderzanden here with Corey Janoff. Hey, yo. Hey. Today, we are going to talk about some of our other favorite financial planning resources. Obviously, this one being our ultimate favorite because we get to talk on it and tell you how we feel, which is obviously the right answer all the time. But there are some other resources out there, and I do feel like I get that question a lot from clients. Like, tell me more about where I can educate myself, where I can learn more about, you know, XYZ topics. There's lots of different things that people like to learn about, especially for people who are just really self-motivated to learn a bit more. And there are a lot of financial planning and like personal finance resources out there. There's blogs, there's podcasts, there's books. It's just a world now where there's so much content available online that it's just really easy to find something that speaks to you. So we made a long, long list of a few things, some books some podcasts some blogs that that we think are really good and, and useful resources for folks who are in the medical professions for, you know, just some generic resources as well. But there's a lot out there. And I think, you know, it can be hard to wade through and find out what's good, what's not good. One thing to really keep in mind is that everyone has a bias. You know, that's human nature. So everything that you listen to, everything that you read comes from the personal perspective of the author or the person who's recording that podcast. Like, we obviously have a bias. We're advisors. We think financial advice is useful. (laughs) You know, we think financial products are useful. Um, And we wouldn't do this job if we didn't think that. So that's where our bias comes in. And I think everyone on this list probably has a bias as well, whether it's their personal circumstances, their life experience, everything like that. It just kind of colors everything that, that they talk about. So sometimes that makes it easier for you to relate to the people that are providing content. So, you know, find the thing that works best for you and just understand that, you kind of have to look at it through that lens. Like, okay, what, you know, what, where are these people coming from? Is there anything that maybe is not applicable to me because of that? So long list. I think Corey's going to get us started. Full disclosure, Corey reads more than I do. <laughs> so while I've read like, you know, 25% of these things, he's probably read 100% of them <laughs> and is a great resource for that. So if you ever have questions or anything like that, man, shoot him an email. He's a great a great resource for all of these things. There we go. Um, yeah, and we're, you know, we'll go through finance-specific books, podcasts, blogs here that you could use to expand your knowledge. But, I mean, really, you can read pretty much anything out there, nonfiction-related. And if you look at it through a lens of finance or money, like there can be lessons to be learned. I mean, we were just a couple episodes ago talking about Greenland sharks, like and and relating it back to personal finance. So if you if you just kind of look through that lens, you can find things in any subject matter. If you if you if finance bores you, read history books, you know, and look at it through a money lens. Like what war strategies, how can that apply to your, you know, investing strategies? There's got to be some overlaps there. Um, you know, risk reward type of stuff. So, yep. 
There's a lot of self-help books out there that I think <laughs> really, really can apply to financial stuff sometimes. And I've read a, a few of those as well, which I didn't include on this list because they're not specific to that. But again, yeah, Corey's right. You can apply a lot of things to how you manage your finances. One thing I did forget to mention is that, you know, we noticed as we were putting this list together that there's a lot of dudes, mostly white dudes, on this list. And I think that like the financial sphere is kind of dominated by those voices, but it doesn't mean that there aren't other voices out there. I think that we just haven't found them yet. And we've included a couple on here, but I I do think that there are more resources out there that are more diverse. So we are really open to suggestions from people who, you know, have have listened to those and, and have found people that really resonate with them. Like if you have anyone like that, that you think is a good person to listen to, like send them our way. And sometimes we find people to be guests on the podcast as well. And we're always looking for more guests, you know, so if there's anyone in particular that you think could be, you know, really valuable to provide some information to our listeners, we would love that. Yeah, I found on social media, there's actually a lot of good follows. I don't know if they have books or shows or whatever blogs, but like Callie Cox on Twitter, she's fantastic. Uh, female in finance on instagram she's a really great follow with a lot of good tips and stuff so like if you're more into the like the short you know quick 30 second nuggets you know there's probably at least in my experience i found but yeah definitely send them our way if you have any um you know women bloggers or podcasters in, in finance obviously there's i think there's more podcasts than there are people on the planet so rochelle and i haven't vetted every single one of them out there um there's probably hundreds and maybe even thousands of personal finance blogs and podcasts that we've never even heard of that are probably fantastic. Um, So this is by no means a complete list. It's here's some stuff that we've come across that we thought was useful. And, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think Corey, we're showing our age a little bit by not having a category for like socials people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Neither of us have a TikTok, So I'm sure there's some great, TikTokers out there that, that have good info, but you know what? There's also plenty that are probably given really poor financial guidance and advice. So that's another thing you got to take everything with a grain of salt and really take a second to think, is this, you know, useful for me? What's their motive or objective? Like, why are they on here on this platform spouting off these, you know, thoughts, ideas, recommendations, what's in it for them? You know, very few people are doing it because, they're just to eliminate boredom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. Rochelle and I are kind of doing this to eliminate boredom, but, uh, you know, this is but our... also because it's good for business, yeah. you know, it's marketing yeah. good for business. You know, most, many of these listeners are our clients. We've acquired clients through this channel. You know, people have reached out to us who found the show. Um, you know, it's a, it's a huge value add for our existing client base. So there's our motive, you know, keep our clients happy, keep them educated, keep them informed and possibly attract a few new ones along the way. Uh, but mm-hmm. some of those other, you know, people, you know, a lot of the blogs, they make money through advertising. So a lot of the material that they're writing, you know, it's paid promotions. There's sponsorships yeah. on there. You know, if you're reading a blog post about some real estate investment fund, you best believe that that fund paid the author money to feature them in their blog post Um, otherwise they wouldn't there's no such thing as free publicity Um, full disclosure none of these authors paid us to mention them so (laughs) I don't know if we have a big enough audience to get you know advertising dollars (laughs) but uh, but anyways so let's dive into it stop wasting time so some books (laughs) we'll start there good old-fashioned books 
Um, there's something about holding a book in your hand or maybe a Kindle um, and, and reading, and you, know, you could highlight and jot down notes if you're into that. But first and foremost, we'll continue with showing our bias. One of our colleagues wrote a book, Marshall Weintraub. The, he wrote The Financial Planning Basics for Doctors. Reach out to us if you want to get a copy. We've got a stack of them in our office. Um, and uh, I don't know what the what he charges for them, but you can also get them on Amazon, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. The Kindle one's really inexpensive, like maybe $5. Oh, there we go. So Yeah. And yeah, this one's geared towards, you know, a, a, an early career doctor, you know, finishing up training, just getting started in practice. So if that's your wheelhouse, you want kind of a step-by-step guide to, uh, you know, to address the things that you should be thinking about, you know, that's a great starting point. Um, another book, and this is probably one of my favorites and, and favorite authors in the world of finance, but uh, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And he's coming out with another book here this fall. Aren't they making a movie of that book also? Or was there... I don't know. I think there was, like, I I think there was a contract... I think there was some sort of sale of The Psychology of Money to a movie company. I don't know if it's in production or anything, but... Interesting. Potentially. Good mm-hmm. for him. He also has a yeah. great blog, which we'll get to. But this one is... You know, it's basically each chapter is a different story about an individual or, 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 or thing um, and how it relates to a, a different lesson in personal finance. And uh, as you'll glean from reading through it, it's money and it is a lot more personal and feelings and emotions than it is spreadsheets and calculators. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so being able to understand those concepts and recognize them can be really valuable in uh, in your financial journey. Yep. The next author we have on the list is Carl Richards. He has a couple of books that are great. He's also been on the podcast before. But I love Carl Richards because he, he takes things and he kind of shows you like what your bias is, for one thing. But then he also simplifies things. He actually had a column in the New York Times for a long time. I think it was called like Sketch Guy Column or something like that. Or was that just, yeah. So he writes these pretty simple illustrations with a sharpie basically that speak volumes you know like very simple illustrations that just can clarify a lot of that like psychology piece of dealing with money so one of his books is called the behavior gap it talks a lot about the irrational things we do with money and why and how to kind of avoid some of those pitfalls and then the other one is called the one page financial plan which is really about like focusing on goals as financial planning and then filling in the details around those goals. Like what what do you want to achieve? Like sure, we need to focus on the details, but let's be really focused on on what it is that we're trying to achieve because that's a great motivation, you know, to keep you on track. And then obviously you have to revisit it once in a while to make sure you're still on track. But it's a it's a great resource as well. Yeah, absolutely. Another one which we actually kind of did a podcast inspired by it, but Die with Zero by Bill Perkins. Um, Like I said, we talked about this in a previous episode. It kind of gets you to rethink how you spend your money and and or possibly give away your money during your lifetime rather than after you pass. So, you know, take advantage of your age and your health while you're young and and go do those fun trips, activities, etc. that you probably won't be able to do when you're older and, um, you know, and really prioritize spending while you're living rather than saving it because you can't take it with you to the grave. And, um, you know, there, there's definitely a balance. You know, we, we want to still make sure we're saving for our future so you can stop working one day, but but kind of just it's a good one to get you to rethinking 
you know, the conventional wisdoms on saving versus spending and, and gifting money. Absolutely. I'm going to throw one in here that we don't have on the list, Corey, but it's called the Black Girl's Guide to Financial Freedom. And part of the reason I'm mentioning this one is because it's kind of like almost the antithesis to Die With Zero, which talks a lot about like, hey, maybe it's okay to have some credit card debt in your early career because you're going to make more money later and you can make it up. And like, I think that she had read some things about that when she was first, you know, introduced to personal finance and did a lot of that. And that ended up not working out well for her. And this one is by Paris Woods, but she writes a lot about focusing on debt reduction and things like that and saving. So it's kind of like the opposite of it. And I, I think sometimes you have to find the thing that works well for you and make sure that you know, you're checking your progress over time. And those are two very different strategies for managing your, your personal finances, but they can both be very, very applicable in some cases. Absolutely. Um, let's see, where do we leave off? The Opposite of Spoiled by Ron Lieber. So this is a good one, you know, geared towards raising children. You know, we, we want our kids to be the opposite of spoiled. Um, and uh, yeah, it has, uh, you know, kind of, uh, it's been a few years since I read this one, but, but it had some good little, it's a quick read. I think it was like, I don't know, 150, 200 pages. Um, you know, it talks about teaching, saving, and, you know, spending charity, charitable giving, things like that. So, um, but yeah, so that one's for, for the parents out there. Mm -hmm. That's another one that's kind of anecdotal. So you get to read stories, which is fun. And I think I like that better. I think a lot of these books do that. Um, there's one called the richest man in Babylon by George Clayson. Is it Clayson or Classen? Don't know. I haven't met him. Cool. That's his name. C-L-A-S-O-N. That is definitely how it's spelled. <laughs> so it's a, it's an older book, obviously, you haven't met him, but written about 100 years ago, and it has some simple rules about personal finance that apply to everyone even today, like saving a percentage of your earnings, insuring against catastrophes, like all of those really foundational financial planning things that we think about. Yeah, this one's great. You could read it in an hour. It's really short, and it's set in Babylon, you know, Babylonian times, even though it was written more recently than then. But uh but yeah, this is a really good one that has, I think, 10 rules um, that are all fantastic that you know, will probably also be fantastic 100 years from now. And then last book we have on the list here is, you've probably heard of it, but The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley and William Danko. There have been several uh, iterations that have followed and kind of spinoffs of it. But basically, it was this one kind of set these guys uh, into stardom, if you will, in the world of of uh, economics and personal finance. But they basically did a uh, their professors at I forget was it Princeton maybe, but um, anyways, they did a they did a study over like a span of about a decade of of millionaires, and it took place back in the 80s and early 90s. So you know back then that was considered a lot of money, but I think a lot of the principles still hold true today. They even have uh, you know, they talk about doctors quite a bit in there as well, um, and how doctors, you know, are, are notorious undersavers in relation to their income. Um, you know, for given where their incomes are at, they have some of the lowest net worth that you would expect from the formulas. And I think part of that is just the, you know, that the stereotype of what a doctor life should be. You know, you got to drive the nice car, live in the nice house, send your kids to private schools, take nice vacations. Um, but their study, I think one of, I, I forget if it was early on in the book, but 
they um, they were going to do a, a focus group and they invited all these millionaires and they had like fancy wine from France and like caviar and shrimp and all sorts of fancy food because it's like, oh, these are rich people. We got to wine and dine them. And in walk a bunch of people with blue jeans and work boots and, you know, one guy you know, that goes up to the, the, the table to get a drink and the bartender's like, would you like this Chateau something, something French name wine <laughs> or the, you know, 1978, you know, Grand Cru, whatever. He's like, I drink two kinds of beer, Budweiser and free. So <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the stereotype about what is a millionaire or a wealthy person is it, it basically turned it all upside down on its head. <clears throat> Most people with wealth Wealth is what you don't see. It's what you've saved, not what you've spent. Um, you know, they, they live in modest houses and modest neighborhoods. That, you know, they, they generally have a mortgage that's less than two times their income, um, drive normal cars. Uh, most of the, the wealthy in this country own a business. You know, that, uh, whether you know, they've started a business, they're entrepreneurial, um, you know, or they're in a high income earning profession like doctor, lawyer, etc., um, and it, it just, it, it, it's all, it, it's all data driven. It's all a study on, you know, the habits, the lifestyles, et cetera, of, of wealthy people. And, 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 um, I think Danko's passed away, but Stanley has, has made a career on researching this. And like I said, he's come out with multiple iterations of the book since then. Um, but yeah, really interesting stuff. Uh, if you're, if you're more of that, like ac- academic data mindset, yeah. And I think it's really helpful to reiterate that a lot because it's really easy to get caught up in the I need, I need, I need, I want. And sometimes your needs are actually wants. <laughs> so it's helpful just to know that like not it, you don't have to spend that way. You don't have to live your life that way. And it makes it easier to make everything work when you don't. When you spend less on big things, everything else is just easier. And, you know, if it, if the prestige is not as important to you, like, you'll probably have a better work-life balance, probably raise humbler kids, you know, all of those things that, that you know, a lot of us want to try to achieve. Okay, we're switching gears a little bit here. We're going to talk about blogs. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention basically the blog that most doctors read, which is the White Coat Investor. <laughs> And this one's really loaded for us, honestly. So Dr. Jim Dahl is like the the founder of White Coat. He does the website. He has, you know, he wrote a book, all of these kinds of things. And he was like an emergency room physician. He is not a fan of advisors at all. Like his business is set up on the premise that you should fire your financial advisor and do it yourself and stop messing around and letting people take advantage of you. That's basically it. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's challenging sometimes to to know that there's this voice out there that's telling people that, you know, your job is basically a, a fraud or something like that. But he does offer a lot of great information on his site. Like Corey and I, I think, both read that blog once in a while, especially when there's the topics that are very timely that come up, like on student loans. Like this is happening right now and we're going to give you a detailed breakdown of it. Um, it is another website where there's a lot of advertisements, you know, so that's it's definitely a money making business for him as well. So know that there is that bias there, but it has a wealth of information on that site and then that in that blog. Yep. Another one, um, Physician on Fire, uh, Dr. Leaf Dolly, and he's been on our 
podcast as well a few years ago. But um, you know, the whole fire movement, financial independence, retire early. I think he retired from his uh, career in anesthesiology in his early 40s, and you know, spends his time traveling the world and living life. I think he has a lake house in the Midwest. Um, but uh, yeah, it's for those of you that that want to potentially retire early, and and it's not solely focused on that. He talks about a broad array of financial topics, but but that's kind of the the direction for for folks that are higher income earners that that want don't want to work forever, want to have the flexibility to get out of their their daily grind. And um, the simple math is save a high percentage of your in- income, live modestly, and you'll get there. Absolutely. Uh, another one is called of dollars and data by Nick um, Maggioli. Is that I right? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Maggioli, 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 something Maggioli. like that. And basically this one, it's, you know, if you like numbers and analysis, he breaks down a lot of finance concepts to see what the data says. So it's very like numbers driven and very like technical. But sometimes that can be helpful. It's like a peek behind the curtains when you're looking at things like that. Yeah, if you're into data, that's a good one. Another one um, by one of his colleagues, uh, uh, A Wealth of Common Sense by Ben Carlson. He's been blogging for about a decade now. And this is, you know, still also has some numbers and data, but it's a little bit more easier to digest than Nick's blog. And, um, you know, it covers an array of, of personal finance topics. I think he blogs more frequently as well, if I'm not mistaken, like potentially uh, several times per week in some cases. But um, yeah, a lot of good stuff on there. It's it's just trying to take, you know, your big picture finance ideas, concepts, what's happening in the world now, and distill it into an easy to understand article. Mm-hmm. There's another one called Abnormal Returns, which is actually a website that aggregates a lot of daily finance articles and blogs from around the web, and that can be really helpful when you're looking for new content and new voices. Because if you find one that you're really interested in and that really speaks to you, like you can go back and find other material from that same author or that same producer of of content. And that can be a really good way to find new voices that you're interested in in learning from. Yeah, absolutely. Then, of course, Morgan Housel. I think he's on all three of these (laughs) lists that we have here. But yeah, he he blogs um, a, a collaborative fund, which is, I believe it's a venture capital fund or hedge fund. That's who he works for, for his day job, even though he probably makes a lot more money from uh, speaking and book sales now. But um, but yeah, if you read anyone's writing on personal finance, you know, Morgan Hazel should be the one because he, he's got, he's, he, he's great with words, um, great with capturing your attention with stories and, and, and teaching a, a, a finance lesson from it. Um, so if you're more into blogs than books, you know, this is a good one. He, he probably puts out once a week. He, he kind of writes on his own schedule, but I would say three or four posts per month is typically what you can expect from him. Um, and then, of course, we, we have, have a blog. blog. Go to thefinitygroup.com <laughs> slash blog. And, uh, you know, I started that back in 2017. I think, and pretty much wrote it weekly for about five years. And then we've had you know, a number of our other advisors pitch in and, and write posts. And then we continually refresh and update old ones. Um, so yeah, if you haven't been listening or, or reading our blog, it's geared towards you guys specifically. So yeah, if you go to the blog, there's like a little newsletter that you can subscribe to, which sends you links to like the blog and the podcast when like, I think weekly. So that's cool. 
Yep, you'll get a, an email every week with a link to the latest blog post. So check it out, thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Mm-hmm. There, oh, we're going to switch gears and talk about podcasts a little bit. Listen to this one. You already are. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> next on the list, we have um, Wealthy Mom MD is actually a cool one. It's uh, Dr. Bonnie Koo, who's a retired dermatologist, and she's actually like a life coach now. So she's built a career around doing this full time, not working in medicine anymore. But she talks a lot about her journey through some of the same things that many of our clients face, many of our listeners face, which is student loan debt you know, living paycheck to paycheck during residency and struggling to like dig her way out of credit card debt. She also has a a book and a lot of reading material on her site as well. But it's really about, again, kind of focusing on what your goals are, and then building your financial picture around that and achieving those goals. So it's another good resource for those kinds of topics. And then Morgan Housel, again, he started a podcast a few (laughs) months ago out of demand from his readers and colleagues and cohorts, but um, it's basically his blog repackaged into audio form. So he's not just reading it verbatim, but a lot of the podcast topics, if you read his blog, are are very, very similar to his blog posts um, Mm -hmm. that he's written. I like the name of this next one, Animal Spirits. Tell us about it, Corey. (laughs) This is probably my favorite one right now that's finance related. Um, I listen to a lot of non-finance stuff as well. But um, but yeah, Animal Spirits is is Ben Carlson, who we mentioned above with uh, the Wealth of Common Sense blog, and uh, one of his peers, uh, Michael Batnick. They're both with Ritholtz Wealth Management out of New York. But um, they they do a weekly. Well, they have their weekly blog that comes out every or weekly podcast that comes out every Wednesday, I believe, um, and, and it's basically an hour long of them talking about markets, current events, economic data, breaking it down. Um, which it's interesting because you know with personal finance, you know it's it's you want to try and ignore a lot of the news and then just focus on your long-term strategy and your plan. But it's very, it's still very interesting to, you know, learn about this stuff and be aware of it. Like what's going on in the markets? What's happening with these stocks? What's happening in real estate and housing? Um, so it's all, if, if you're into learning about that and, 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 you know, there are, there is a lot of data. Um, it's, it's a little bit more of a high level show. A lot of advisors uh, and finance professionals listen to it. It's not so much geared towards, you know, the personal finance um, audience, if you will. But it, it it is very interesting and entertaining. They have a lot of good banter back and forth with each other. And at the end of each episode, they spend a few minutes talking about what shows or movies they've watched and what they recommend there. <laughs> I love it. little bonus for you if you listen to the end, basically. Okay, so we've got the Money Guy show next. It's a couple of guys in Nashville. I think they've been podcasting on personal finance for over a decade. So, you know, before everyone and their sister had a podcast. But listen to a few of their episodes, and they were pretty good. I didn't. Corey did. But. <laughs> yeah, they're two advisors as well. Um, I believe they're in Nashville or somewhere around there. But uh, yeah. so a lot of their stuff is, you know, it's stuff that we already know. But they do a good job of making it interesting and, and concise and to the point. So that's another one that's worth checking out. Review is often helpful. Like even if we've learned or you've learned some of this, sometimes it's nice to hear it again, but from a fresh perspective. Yep. 
Um, there's another one called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. This is also a book. So I think a lot of people have actually read this book. Oh, yeah. And there's a Netflix show. I forgot about that. But his focus is spending intentionally in ways to make you happy and improve your quality of life. And there's lots of other, you know, like focusing on debt repayment and things like that. So there's lots of things that he talks about, but that's like the main focus, which honestly we talk about a lot here too. And he's a great personality. I haven't listened to a ton of his stuff, but, um, you know, really entertaining to listen to, uh, really energetic and passionate. Um, I believe he's a Stanford professor, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, but yeah, he's probably, he's, he's, he's like the modern age Dave Ramsey, I feel like, if you will. So, and more appropriate for our audience. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, he's, you know, I think he's probably our age. He's a younger guy, but yeah, I haven't seen the Netflix show, but I've heard good things about it. Um, Another one, the Stay Wealthy Retirement Show by Taylor Schulte. He's uh, also a financial advisor down in San Diego, I believe. Um, he's pretty big at, at you know a lot of the finance conferences and, and pretty well known in this space. But um, his clientele is more or less retirees or, or soon to be retirees. So, um, and he has a podcast that um, you know they're shorter episodes. You know, maybe 10 to 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes at most. Um, but very pertinent topics, you know, and, and uh, the, the later career people should be focusing on. Like you'll talk about social security, talk about drawdown strategies in retirement, taxes, etc. But there's, you know, other stuff too, like things to that would be applicable for everyone. But, but that's a good one. And he's a, a, an engaging personality as well. Yep. And lots of that stuff is kind of fun to learn about, even if it's not super applicable for you right now. And obviously, I say that because financial stuff is interesting to me. But for folks that are listening to this, it's probably the truth for you as well. Yeah. And the last one we have on the list is called Standard Deviations by Daniel Crosby. So if you're kind of into behavioral finance and how our brains work and think about money, this is a good show where he interviews someone each week on a particular subject. So lots of different voices, which can be really entertaining um, and, and kind of shakes it up a little bit. Yeah. So I think like we've talked about before, finance is a lot more personal than personal finance is a lot more personal than finance. And uh, so I think he's kind of that's what he's trying to dive into. How do our brains work and think about these subjects? Um, You know, some of the, I guess, honorable mentions that we haven't talked about, like the Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky thinking fast and slow, which you've probably heard of. I think that led to Daniel Kahneman leading the Nobel Prize. Um, And then Michael Lewis wrote a book about their research. It's called the, I think it's the Undoing Project, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And that one, so Kahneman's book is written from the voice of an academic. So it's a little bit more dry and uh you know don't read it late at night you'll fall asleep but some of the the concepts and and stuff they uncovered is fascinating uh but michael lewis is written from the voice of an author who is goal is to entertain us while also teaching us so his, yeah, his is a lot stories. yeah his is lewis, michael lewis does a much greater job of basically making thinking fast and slow entertaining <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you want, and it's like the history of, of Kahneman and, and Tversky and their relationship and everything. So that's a great one. Another one who's, um, if you read any of Richard Thaler's books, he has a book called Nudge and uh, Misbehaving is another one. 
and he's a, a much funnier writer for an academic. So that'd be a good one to, another couple more to check out off the top of my head here. Michael Lewis, his book on the big short, like that's a movie also, but he wrote the book first. That one's really cool too. It talks about the, you know, the housing crisis in 2007, 2008, 2009. And one of the, one of the main characters, and I don't think they explore this in the movie, but the guy who ran the hedge fund, which was, oh gosh, what was Michael Burry? Yeah, Michael Burry. He was a pathologist. I think we've talked about him even on this show before, but he was a pathologist and in residency, he would lock himself in his room and between like one and four, he basically was blogging before blogging was a thing and telling people like what stocks to buy and things like that because that's what he was really interested in and ended up ultimately not completing his residency training because he got very good at doing what he was doing and was approached by like a handful of different hedge fund managers to be like, hey, why are you just doing this late at night on your computer? Like you could do this and make a lot of money. So, but it's a really interesting story. Yeah, basically anything by Michael Lewis is fantastic. Like his first book, uh, when he was still working as a bond trader, Liar's Poker, is a wildly entertaining story about what it was like working at a bond desk in the 80s. So mm-hmm. if you want to see what the Wild West was like back then, um, that's a great one. He's, some other ones on personal finance. I didn't read it, but Flash Boys was about high-frequency trading. Um some of his more recent ones are he's written about the coronavirus, written about politics, but he's Moneyball uh, was him. Moneyball as well, if you're if you're into baseball, um, or just sports in general. Statistics. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's a great job of taking a topic, making it entertaining through stories and research. But good podcast too. The uh, <laughs> what I forget what it's called, but yeah, Michael Lewis has a podcast. Um, yeah. it's entertaining. Yeah. So in conclusion, you know, when you have the time for it, read, listen, expand your knowledge, learn new things. Some stuff you'll like, some you won't, some you'll agree with, and some won't be for you, and that's okay. You just kind of take the bits and pieces that work for you and ignore the rest of it. Like, you know, and obviously it's great to hear different voices that you wouldn't necessarily hear before and just kind of expand your horizons and, and learn a little bit outside of the box too. There we go. Until next time. Thanks, everyone. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram, Vanderzanden Rochelle, or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on the finitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC. 